Welcome to the AFR podcast. It's Monday the 30th of May, 2022. The thylacines are extinct. After a week off, once again, life got, gets in the way. Um, I had COVID this time last week and I was, if anyone's had it, um, you, you, well, everyone's different, of course, but I was down for like three days, body aches and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I was, there was no way I was going to be able to record a podcast, Stephen. I think you had uh, a hell of a lot of work on last week from yeah, some of the messages you were sending me. Yeah, I was having my own brutal experience of, Three nights in a row up to 1 a.m. just marking. So that's, I'm glad that's eased up this week. But, uh, yeah, no. So I wasn't, uh, I think I would have had a rough time trying to pull it off myself, to be honest. Yeah. So I guess we go from one um, torture through to another torture because, of course, it's buy rounds coming up. I honestly think I'd prefer COVID. Wow. <laughs> than the stuff that we're going to have to go through with the buy rounds and the mucking arounds and all that sort of stuff. But we'll get to that shortly. We'll get to that a little bit later on because there's going to be some, obviously, some flow-on effects. and Not so much this week, but definitely over um, the following week um, between round 13 and round 14 for the AFR, um, just in terms of naming teams and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, this week is quite easy in terms of submitting teams, but going forward, up those, those buyer split rounds become manual updates for myself. Um, we, we'll lose the live live stats and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, on the upside, though, Steve, probably means we won't have a podcast next week because mm. games won't be completed. Yeah, it was weird that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we won't be around. We won't be around next week, but um, we've certainly got round eleven to talk to. So let's get into it, Steve. Um, the Super League um commissioner points have already been done by Dave. Thank you very much for that, mate. Um, I've went ahead, Steve, and did round ten earlier on, but uh, we won't go through those. Um, so let's kick into round eleven for the year. We'll start with the original league, just because I've got it open on my screen. First game was the Titans versus the Chargers. The Titans got up here, 147 to the Chargers, 133.5. For the Titans, a couple of big standout players here. Sam Walsh getting 35 at centre was pretty good. And the ex-Charger, Riley O'Brien, certainly stood up for his new team, um, getting 23.5 at Ruck. Um, I suppose Tyson Stengel was also, he's been having a, a pretty good year. Um, and ended up with 18 at forward for the Titans. For the Chargers, a couple of players sort of stood up a little bit. Jesse Hogan getting 22 at key forward was, to be honest, a little bit of a surprise. Wasn't really expecting that much from him. Um, Nick Hind getting 22 at the midfield. Rover um, Hewitt has been outstanding. Um, 18, and as we were talking just before our press record, Steve, I think I'm going to have to make a move with him later on. Um, in the coming rounds. But other than that, the Chargers just really faltered here. Oh, it's tough, man. You, you lost um, Redmond and Lemons this week, which really didn't help. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, not t- talk about you know, losing almost your entire MSD, <laughs> all, your, all your gains from last week. Yeah, yeah. I think Lemons was the the big one. I mean, I got him really, really late in the draft. I think he was almost my second last pick, which was a bit of a surprise for myself to get him. And he was outstanding the week before. Mm. Just to get back, I forgot to mention in the Titans, Titans, of of course, lost Jacob Wiedering for the next six weeks. Yeah, that's that's a bit of an ouch, that's for sure. Um, So that'll test their depth too. Um, Yeah. But uh, this is a massive, massive win for the Titans. Like, I know the Titans have obviously been probably having a better year than the Chargers. Um, I think it's too big a shock to say that. But the reality is before this week, the Chargers had, you know, caught up to the Titans. So uh, the Titans really needed to reestablish this. And uh, as we'll see soon, um, all these teams like the Chargers and the Titans, the Wildcards, even the Dozers are... uh, are all looking over their shoulder at the moment. Um, and so every win is like gold. The Chargers, this loss obviously really stings because uh, 
deserve it or not, they were they're right in the mix, and they're still in the mix. There's still only a you know a win and points four out of that top five. But, but yeah, man, it would have been especially after the form you shown last week, man. It would have been really nice to pull this one off, wouldn't it? And just it would have really thrown a cat amongst the pigeons. But uh, it's, it's looking it's looking difficult again. Yeah, there's nothing like naming your team, and I know you do it too. You name your team very early in the week, and then. If there's any changes, you you tinker throughout it. And when I named that team at the very start, thinking Jack Finey's going to be back, and I didn't know people were going to be out. Redmond, obviously, I knew was going to be out because he's suspended. But uh, I'm like, this team looks quite good. I'm quite happy with this. And all of a sudden, then it's just, no, nah, let's start making some moves. But anyway, that's what happens. That's what happens. Once again, Brody Smith burns me. Alrighty. Um, the next one is the Digital Dingoes versus the Dozers. The Dozers got up here 138 to the Dingoes 100.5. For the Dozers, um, Chol was amazing. I mean, I know King's out, but he's having a, an amazing year, getting 18 at forward. Um, every time I watch him, he seems to kick three goals for, for Gold Coast. Um, Cameron Guthrie getting 34 at centre. Um, Vlaston getting 14.5 at Keyback and also Paddy Ryder getting 13 and a half at Ruck were also was also pretty good. For the Dingoes, big big scores there for Trelaw getting 35 at centre. Um, but then it sort of peters away a little bit, Steve. You've got a, um, a zero there from Tyler Brown, of course. It like falls off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be kind. Um, Darcy Moore... Um, Four and a half. Channel 9 News showed he was going in for scans today. I don't know what that means. Um, but, of course, um, and Logue getting um, five certainly didn't help. I think he played forward at some point. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this is, I mean, like, obviously the Dingoes have got their own injury worries with King and Grundy out, you know, long ago. But uh, to have um, Bailey Smith and then, you know, um, and his late withdrawal as well, Nick Blakey, the big number one pick from the mid-season draft left my team as like a shell, basically. And then to have like on top of that, just to have almost everybody turn up and just be like, yeah, just not feeling it this week, Steve. <laughs> like Petrarca just said, yeah, I'm feeling really crook. I'm just going to have 10 possessions this week. Thanks. Um, Logue, as you said, I think he, I don't think this is the first game, I think in a long, long time, that Griffin Logue has not got a rebound. He basically got five marks. Yeah. Um, uh, Darcy Moore, obviously, with um, he's he's just playing shutdown roles now with uh, Roughhead retiring us. So I think, I think we will just we'll just have to basically bide our time with Darcy until uh, Jeremy Howe retires, which you know, hopefully, given the fact that I've traded him away, is probably soon. Tyler Brown went from having a really good week last week to just bageling on me, and I'm hopefully so missing Taranto there as well. Man, it was just a brutal. I'm, I love I love the Trelaw gave me my one moment of glory for the week when I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Trelaw at center if Bailey Smith is out. And man, because it would be a pretty easy decision to play Petrarca there. Mm. And uh, man, that would have been all sorts of awful. <laughs> I, like, let's be honest. I, I barely, by the skin of my teeth, scraped into th- triple figures here and yep. could have extremely easily have been nowhere near. So uh, it's, um, that's, and so I'd love to say the Dozers, what an amazing win they had this week, but really they were pretty average and the Dingoes were just an absolute train wreck. <laughs> well, at least we're honest about our team, Steve. Forgive us that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like, I feel like this is the Dingoes B team that's up at the moment. It's just brutal. <laughs> Um, I forgot to do the commissioner votes in the first in the first game, but the commissioner votes for this particular game, I gave three for Trelaw, two to Guthrie, and one to Chol. Yeah, a couple of good centre performances, definitely there. Um, it's yeah, Trelaw. I give you a hard time sometimes, but man, well done. <laughs> Uh, in the first game, I gave three points to Sam Walsh, two to Hind, and one to Riley. Oh, oh sorry, yeah, Riley O'Brien. Alrighty, next game was the Wild Cards up against the Blue Flames. High-scoring game this, and to be honest, the Wild Cards probably feel a little bit annoyed that they didn't get, well, didn't win this really. When you look at their forward line, the Blue Flames one has one sixty versus the Wild Cards one fifty-one for the Blue Flames. Jeremy Cameron 
in a rich vein of form right now, getting 25 at forward. Lockie Neal getting 39 at centre. Sam Doherty getting 21 at midfield. Um, Isaac Cumming getting 13.5 at back. But of course, McGovern getting injured certainly didn't help. Um, um, but uh, for, for, for the for the Blue Flames, for the wild cards, as I said, Peter Wright and Zach Bailey combined getting nine for their forward line. The rest of the team was quite strong. Josh Kelly getting 31 at centre, Bailey Dale getting 20 at midfield, um, Dunkley getting 15 at Rover, Matt Rao getting 14 at Tagger, Sicily in amazing form getting 21 and a half at Keyback, and McInerney getting 19.5 at Ruck. So, Steve, this was actually a close game, but it, you'd say the Blue Flames were too strong in terms of just looking at the numbers, but the wild cards could be, as I said, could be feeling a little hard done by here. Yeah, that Peter Wright, man, when he is not on, he is really not on. It's, it's like yep. the, the difference between Peter Wright's good and bad is pretty extreme at the moment. Like, you know, some it's it's I think it's actually one of the marks of a really good forward is actually when they have a bad game, they still still crack, you know, ten or eleven at least, you know. Yeah. But uh when they when you know, you can't afford to have a key forward getting one. That is just brutal and uh, i know when peter wright is like it's hard because when peter wright's good he you know he can win you the game from key forward but uh man he's his lows have been pretty low this year which just is tough for the wild cards the blue flames i mean they've they've got some issues with you know losing lynch and obviously mcgovern's injured and man what you am i talking about blue flame injuries really (laughs) (laughs) so um but yeah blue flames Cameron and Neil did the job, and the Wildcards probably had the better all-round performance. Just the uh, forward line let them down, and this again, this is an absolutely critical loss here because Blue Flames have been pretty ensconced in that top three, and the Wildcards have always been in that sort of four-five position, trying to trying to make a move. And this would have been the week if the Wildcards had been able to get this win. They would have maybe had a, you know, would have got the door a little bit open into that top three. But now with this loss. Yep. just feels like it's going to be a little bit too far for the wild cards. And it's tough because the wild cards, as you mentioned, man, they've been, they feel like they're on the upswing and the blue flames, they have the, they've, they've become a little bit more inconsistent than they were at the start of the year. So the, you know, the, the, the doors seem to be cracking open, but yeah, it feels like this might've shut it. Yeah. Lucky Nielsen, amazing form right now. But yeah, the nine points. So close, but yeah, it can be very, very annoying and very, very brutal this game sometimes. Um, in terms of the commission of us, I go three to Neil, two to Sicily, one to Cameron. Awesome. All right, the next game, the Bucks versus the Scorpions. Mighty Bucks got up here 164.5 to the Scorpions, 134. Bucks, some big scores once again. Max King getting 23, key forward. Bailey Fresh getting 19 at forward. Um, Darcy Parrish, lazy 39 at centre. Jeremy Howe. Ryan getting 15 at back. Um, for the Scorpions, some big scores. Aaron Norton getting 28. Um, Rory Laird getting 26. Tim English getting 14. Nobody Franklin. No, no spot for him. No, only gets five goals, didn't he? Yeah, you know. I don't think it would have made a difference, but, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> we would have got a lot closer. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's for sure. Like, obviously, if uh, Buddy had uh, been playing in that forward position, then we would have had a very close game, and especially when you consider some of the passengers in that Scorpions lineup, that's for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Like, uh, the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks here, this is what I was obviously referring to earlier when I mentioned that, you know, those Bucks who had somehow managed to – you know, <laughs> only win uh, two games in the first half of the year. Now suddenly won uh, before the message drive. Now suddenly won two in a row, and it's it's on the uh, the chase is on. Um, the Scorpions, they uh, yeah, they unfortunately for them they had those that you know really I don't know why they beaten a task before the midseason draft that was just <laughs> ruined. Took them from like you know having the number two pick to like having the number four, and that meant that the really what they've ended up taking Dan Houston, which you know, yeah. Dan Houston's amazing in that midseason. But what they really needed desperately was some sort of you know defense. They, their backline has been atrocious all year, and uh, they ended up grabbing Maynard, 
which is a bit of a gamble. And I guess, you know, if you're, if you're getting into the second, third rounds of your midseason draft, even at that point, he's not, he, you know, you're hoping to grab a good back, but it's a bit of a, bit of a shutty eye, hitty hard situation. And uh, they've definitely missed with that one. And Hardwick's just, well, he hasn't been turning up for quite a while. I don't know what happened to Zorko this week, though. That's because that's not, that's not good. But man, the Bucks. I mean, if King, Fritch, Parrish, uh, you know, and, and that now new backline of Howe and Ryan, if that starts getting going, um, yeah, the Bucks. I mean, this is, the Bucks could beat anybody, and, and I, it's just now a matter of can they can they just keep rolling? Um, but it, it's going to kind of be exciting to see, you know, how how many wins they can because I feel like it, it's the, the tide's going to turn. They're going to. It's it's now just a matter of you know how many. Like, can they do what the esteemed Cameron Baker said no one can do, and that is, you know, start go go from two and seven and make finals? Because this, this is the challenge ahead of them. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. I'm sure Cameron's excited too. I mean, Cameron, is, you know, he's not invested in that kind of. It's just no one's ever done it, and so let's see if they can do it. The Bucks, go for it. Go Bucks. <laughs> um, commissioner votes. I gave three to Parish, two to Laird, one to Howe. Nearly gave it to Norton instead of Howe. Yeah, it's tough in the league. Even Luke Ryan, 10 rebounds are back. That's phenomenal. But yeah. Actually, yeah. Ryan or Howe? I'd lean towards Ryan because, Ryan. Of, you know what I mean? Because I think he, like, yeah. as good as Howe's performance was, and it was good. Like 10, 10 rebounds is ridiculous, yeah. Pretty damn good. <laughs> no. Good call. All right, last game, Natas versus the Heroes. Natas, what was this going to be? They're equaling... Record yeah, game. This, this is the one we had earmarked as the like, well, especially after um, Natas beat the Blue Flames in the first half of the season, we realized that all Natas had to do was, you know, beat the Dozers and then sweep the Scorpions for a couple of games to get to this point. And then they knew they would face the challenge of the Heroes yep. in, in their attempt to actually equal the record for the winning streak. And, and that's what they called it. Jared Witt's getting 17 at Ruck. So in a couple of those positions, Steve, the, the heroes won their, um, won their, I suppose, the respective positions. It was it was Toby Green that was obviously the 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 change maker. Yeah, I bet Natas was super ecstatic about Tex Walker getting into the health and safety protocols because I, I'm not sure Toby Green would have got the call up if not for uh, Tex going yeah. out. So uh, it's a very fortuitous uh, move there, and certainly Ben Brown. We, I mean, you knew it was going to kind of be a tough matchup against Fremantle um, for Ben Brown, but you do expect more than Bagel there, and and that really like that was the difference. Um, ben Brown, you know, kicks a couple of goals, and oh, well, at least the difference to me was I looked at the forward lines and I say, like, you know, Hodges forward line thirty, Patas forward line forty three, difference yep. about thirteen. What's the winning margin? Fourteen and a half. So yep. That's pretty much the difference. Yep. But, I mean, it's at the same time, though, Heroes, again, you know, second highest score of the round. So they, they certainly can hold their head up high. It was a sensational performance. Unfortunately, Ben Brown let him down. But um, but, but Natas continued to be Natas. Yep. And we all, all forever will scratch our heads about how the Scorpions beat them that week. Yeah, go Scorpions. <laughs> um, for the Commission of ICA 3 to Toby Green. Two to Kerno and one to Stuart. Cool. Alright, let's look at the ladder, mate, because things are looking rather um, interesting, particularly in that, um, as you've said, around that four, five, six, seven. Alright, I'm um, sorry, I'm about to sneeze, so I'm sort of talking and trying not to sneeze. Um, number one, the tacit authors is 
still on top, obviously, with 10 wins, which is one loss, with a back of two and a half points. Heroes are in second, one, seven and four, high scoring team now. Flame seven and four also in third, they're sixty-four point five back. And this is where daylight opens up in terms of the back scores. But in terms of the points the wins and losses, it starts getting really tight. Titans are six and five. Um they're two hundred and seventy-four point five back. Wildcards in fifth are on six and five as well. They're two hundred and eighty-five point five. So only ten points separating those two. In sixth um, in terms of the back, that is. In sixth, we have the Chargers on five wins, six losses. Dozers are in seventh with five wins, six losses. Mighty Bucks are in eighth, four wins, seven losses. Scorpions in ninth, three wins, eight losses. And the Dingoes in tenth with two wins and nine losses, Steve. So you'd think the Bucks in short order will pass the Dozers and the Chargers. The question is, and I, it doesn't seem... It, it's. I mean, as, as well as the Titans and the Wild Cards are playing, it doesn't seem like too much of a challenge for the Bucks to win two more games than them over the last seven rounds. So. No, and they're obviously, as you were just saying, their points, they're back. They're, they're only 130 back. So really, they just have to, if they beat one, yeah, they're easily going to leap the Chargers and the Dozers. And as you said, with that, um, it's you think they're going to win a, a couple more, don't you? What's the, okay, so the prediction says they're going to finish sixth. On my screen, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like, like it could easily happen because I mean we've seen already. I mean there's, there's a reason why the Bucks are two and seven. They've yep. had some pretty. I mean they've had some pretty bad luck, but um, but yeah, they've they've also had some struggles. So, I, but I think a little bit of luck, and they could easily steal one of those spots. So the pressure is on the Titans and the Wild Cards particularly to keep winning. Obviously, the Chargers and the Dozers would have to develop some sort of form that we haven't seen from them for much of the year. Because the reality is, I mean, really, the, well, the Chargers and the Doze are actually the, what, seventh and ninth highest scorers, uh, you know, with the Scorpions being eighth and Dingo's tenth. So the, so really, like, we're not anticipating the Chargers or Doze are really going to keep this up. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You never know. They've both managed to win games since the midseason. If the Chargers, if we could, Chargers can actually get fully fit and firing and, Get some consistent center points. You never know, but but it would. Uh, but it's a, a lot easier to believe the the Bucks are going to come like a steam train. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of can the Titans or what? I mean, and it is worrying with the Titans. They are starting to lose some players. They've lost Waitering now this week. I don't know how their depth is. I feel like even though I feel like the Titans have probably been slightly the better team from the over the course of the year, I feel like they're the ones who are going to struggle a little bit more. Mm with the players that they seem to lose at the moment. Yeah, well, 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 Danaher's gone. Yeah. Waitering's gone. Yeah. You'd argue Tom Mitchell certainly isn't the player that we're all just sort of locking 40 touches. So, you know, a bit of pressure on the Titans to to win. Yep. Keep keep winning because the Bucks are coming. Yep, exactly. All right, let's jump across to the Super League because it's getting very interesting over here. <clears throat> particularly this uh, other team that played Nexus, they are plummeting. That is the Brawlers. Ne- Nexus versus Brawlers is the first game. Nexus got up 184 versus the Brawlers 130.5. For Nexus, obviously way too strong. Um, we got Hawkins getting 17 key forward. Um, Cameron getting 25 at forward. Lockie Neal getting 39 at centre. Um, McInerney getting 19.5 at Ruck. And then some big scores, obviously, there with Rory Laird, Luke Ryan, as we are talking about earlier on, Steve. For the Brawlers, Buddy Franklin getting 31 at forward. As I said, it would make things interesting for you, Dave. Uh, Tom Mitchell getting 29 at centre. And Jared Witt's getting 17 at Ruck. Other than that, uh, Larky, Newcomb, um, Narkel, Burton, May. May obviously got knocked out at one point, but it would not have made any difference whatsoever. Lucky Neil got the three votes here. Buddy Franklin got two. Cameron got one. But the Brawlers was at five losses in, in a row now. I think it's six, actually. Is it six? Is that as well? Okay, six. That's even worse. Yeah, they were four and one. And remember, I was 
I was, uh, you know, riding shotgun on the bandwagon at that point, and wow. Wow. That's all I can say. <laughs> so I, don't, uh, I really thought it was going to be their year, and uh, it's really hard now to see them making finals, which, you know, I sort of thought they'd kind of had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a blip, but, you know, they'd be able to slingshot up there. Um, Sam Berry, very good, very good first-round pick. Well done, Bill. Smarter than some of the original owner leagues. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, yeah, but it's it's not happening, is it? It's just not happening. So Nexus continues to roll along and continues to look stronger and stronger, to be honest. I, I think we've seen in all the early stages, it was Convicts and Brawlers who were up there with Nexus, and now the Brawlers seem to obviously dropped off. And uh, the team that we're going to be talking about in a second has certainly risen up. And it seems to be, again, a bit of a three-horse race. Uh, but Nexus are well and truly in it to win it. They are. They are indeed. Next game was the Sons of God up against the Major Warriors. Sons of God got up here 178-2. The Warriors 137. Sons of God, Charlie Kerner getting 30 at key forward. Stengel getting 18 at forward, as was already spoken about. Sam Walsh getting 35 at centre. Doherty, 21 at midfield. Um, Tom Stewart getting 31. So there were some big scores here, obviously, for the Sons of God. A couple of things that they probably need to look at. Alir Alir playing it back. Um, and Sam Draper, um, obviously, were down. And Daniel Rich, very quiet um, as, a, as a midfielder. For the major Warriors... Clayton Oliver, 36 at centre, was outstanding. Um, Jeremy Howe getting 21.5. Um, that was sort of some strongish performance like Trelaw, as we've already spoken about, but there was a lot of people who were down. Jack Rewald was obviously down. Bailey Tuttle being down. Um, Commissioner votes. Tom Stewart got the three votes. And Sam Walsh got two. And Clayton Oliver got one. As you mentioned before, Steve, the Sons of God are on a bit of a charge. Yeah, absolutely. They're um, this is you know, it's it's kind of it's a bit sad the Major Warriors circumstances. They were had such an amazing like charmed year last year, and then this year just has been I don't know whether it's some sort of karma or what, but it's just just um, it's just hard to watch it them so far from the heights that what they had last year. But man, the Sons of God, they have just clicked. Not too sure about Aaliyah Aaliyah. I don't know if that was a late inclusion by the Sons of God, and I think they might be able to reorganize their lineup a little bit better on that front. And Draper's obviously suffering because I think, was it Andrew Phillips, I think, has come back into that Essence side, which oh, okay. which is not is not working for them. I don't see the point in bringing in another ruck. But anyway, hopefully Essendon work that out and let Draper run solo because, yeah. But the man, Sons of God, so many things working well for them. They are... Probably, I mean, along with Nexus, I feel like they're the top challengers at the moment um, for this title uh, after, you know, obviously the convicts were leading early on, but they've had a little few stumbles after they ran into one of those other teams. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, Sons of God looking great. Major Warriors really probably can't do much other than sit there and uh, think about who they're going to keep at the end of the year because there's not going to be any, not going to be any August action for them, I don't think. I actually thought Charlie Kerno would be dropping off once Harry Mackay got injured. I thought Kerno would start to drop off, but it seems to have um, he's certainly taken that position and, and run with it really now, hasn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mackay getting injured, Ashy Convicts up against the Thylacines was the next one. Um, Ashy got up here, 140, to the Thylacines, 124.5. Um, for the Convicts, um, Mitch Lewis and Membry, both getting 12 at, key, at forward and oh, sorry, key forward and forward, respectively. Uh, Sicily getting 21 and a half. Josh Battle, who I thought was a bad little midfield pickup for Naomi, has failed. She's there, so I'm sorry for that one. I thought he was gonna be, wasn't going to be too bad for you, Naomi. Um, when I was doing the proxy for her in the, in the draft, um, Isaac Cumming was obviously pretty good as well, getting 13.5. For the final scenes, no real major standouts here. Andrew Brayshaw got 28 at centre, which isn't too bad. Um, Saar getting 17 at midfield. But other than that, it was sort of just average performances across the board. And, of course, Peter Wright, they got forward. 
as I was saying before, Stevie only got one, so that's obviously a mark. So he got zero at forward. Certainly didn't help the cause. For the commission of votes, James Sicily got three, Isaac Cumming got two, and Assad got one. Yeah, this isn't a game that uh, Naomi would be thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm back on track, so I'm all good now. Because, I mean, when you play the Thales scenes this year, it's pretty much yep, just pencil in the wind because... Yeah, they, it's, it's just, for whatever reason, the Thalassians just can't seem to get it together. And, um, you know, losing losing Nick Blakey, obviously, you know, Riley Bonner came in and did a pretty good job, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, Peter Wright left him high and dry. Man, if uh, Dixon had been in that lineup instead of Wright, it would have been pretty darn close. But uh, but um, it was sad. I think the Thalassians, they really did look like, you know, unlike most weeks, they actually looked like they were in, still with a chance come... Uh, on Sunday, but uh, no, it didn't happen. Um, which, which I think, honestly, is probably great for the convicts that they managed to get this win after the last couple of weeks of yep. uh, misadventures against the Adams. Um, yep. And it's definitely allowed the convicts to steady. Um, but yeah, it's they obviously are still missing key personnel, the convicts, and until they get them, uh, they'll be just hoping to hold on to that top three spot. And uh, hopefully that get fit and firing by the time they get to August. Yeah, exactly. All righty, the next game was a close one. Marbles <laughs> versus the Coat Hangers. It was a draw. <laughs> Hence, been close. Um, 145 each um, for the Marbles. Um, fairly strong across the board, except for at forward. Um, ben Brown, Shea Bolton, once again, getting, once again um, that magical number of nine points combined at, at, across the forward line. But then the rest of the team was really strong. Um, Adam Sierra getting 30 at centre. Um, midfielders of Dawson doing well. George Hewitt. Um, Alex Witherden doing well. Um, of course, Bailey Smith and Nick back. The seven odd rebounds is also pretty handy as well. For the coat hangers, Jesse Hogan, 22 at key forward. Jack McRae getting 30 at centre. Jack Lane behind getting 22 at midfield. Um, and Riley O'Brien getting 23.5 um, at Ruck. Um, in terms of the commission of votes, three for Hind, two for O'Brien, and one for Alex Witherden. Uh, who won or who lost this game, Steve? <laughs> I think the Marvels lost, personally. I think the Coat Hangers are really. The coding is doing marvelously well to still be in the finals mix. I think that because I don't really think they're they should be anywhere near finals. And the Marvels, on the other hand, probably should be making finals. And unfortunately, with results like this, you like, it feels like the Marvels are giving away any chance they've got of actually trying to break into that top three. They really need to find some form. Their forward line, their unorthodox forward line, has worked really well for them this year. And um, unfortunately, this is not the week for it, uh, obviously. Um, but but the Marvels are still a very good team. I still think the Marvels are going to make finals. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the chances of top three now is looking pretty slim. Mm. This one, this hurts then. That two points, it can either help you or hinder you, and it's really going to hinder the Marvels, I think, isn't it? Well, yeah, it definitely seems to yeah, take that out of the equation. So I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully for the Marvels, they can rediscover that form, but um, and actually win a few in a row. They seem to be, they've had a bit of a yo-yo year. I think they've barely won consecutive games. So we'll see. We'll see if they can get it together. They've certainly got the quality. If that forward line can fire, they are, yep. they're, they're a quality unit. So we'll see what, see what they've got. Yeah. All right. Last game was the Phantoms up against the Mighty Adams. The Mighty Adams got up here, 160.5 to the the Phantoms, 147.5. Mighty Adams, um, Max King getting 23 at key forward. Bailey Fridge getting 19 at forward. Um, Josh Kelly, 31 at centre. Um, Took Miller, 18 at midfield. Darcy Parrish getting 19 at rover. Um, for the Phantoms, Aaron Norton getting 28 at key forward was pretty damn good. Um, Bradley Hill getting 23 at midfield was also pretty good. Um, uh, Brad Crouch getting 18 at Rover, not too bad at all. Um, you've got him coming straight in. And, of course, um, Paddy Ryder did okay, getting 13.5. But Zach Tui getting zero. McGovern getting, um, getting into Jack Viney coming in and not doing too much. 
cost you might leave it forward. Scientists have still got some holes to plug, obviously. The um, mid-season draft didn't help them amazingly, but uh, my average is too strong here. Um, commissioner votes, it was three for Aaron Norton, two to Bradley, Bradley Hill, and one to Max King. It was a funny one, wasn't it? There's definitely like Phantoms had a couple of really good efforts here. Obviously, I, th I thought it was hilarious that Bradley Hill, who was the Mighty Adams' first round preseason draft pick, uh, decided to be picked up late in the midseason by the Phantoms and then thrown into this lineup and played only played good for the first time like ever. Um, but yeah, the Phantoms really are. I mean, to lose McGovern, Zach Tui is a bit of a hail mary at back, and then uh, having to play Dusty Martin in the forward line because they've lost. Uh, Lynch, that certainly has just taken the wind right out of their sails. That push to actually get towards the top five was, you know, I mean, the build-up towards the mid-season seemed to be actually gathering some steam, but, man, this, this wind's just gone completely out of the sails now. And yep. especially with a loss like this, this one's kind of, it just sinks, especially because, you know, the, the Mighty Adams, who were, you know, I don't think they really were in the top five almost. The, you know, as, as a grand finalist, they seem to be kind of on the major warrior path of looking pretty limp in the first half of the season but man they've now swept the convicts they've uh banked this one against the phantoms even though you know, they didn't really have any huge performances just a good solid all-round effort they've lost waitering but they'll have uh redmond coming back so i guess that'll cover that um Adams are lucky enough to get redmond in the second round mate weren't they <laughs> so we'll see how that works for him i guess maybe now that ridley's back redmond won't quite be the dominant force he was when Ridley was out. But um but yeah the Adams are they're suddenly looking, you know, really solid in fourth and and uh like they're pretty much a front runner now for a final spot and uh and the the poster child for is there actually a challenge to the top three? And obviously after their uh the Adams efforts last year with their late run and late form, um maybe maybe well that will be the interesting storyline. Can the Adams catch the convicts or or, you know, if, whether the Sons of God are next, I can't really see them stumbling. But, you know, if any potential stumble by any of those sort of teams, the Adams seem to be the one who, well, they're first in line to try and steal that spot, especially given yeah. the Marvels coughing up two points this week. But yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, this feels like this result's kind of the, the death of the Phantoms' finals dream, which is a bit sad to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's have a look at the ladder. Nexus is sitting on top with nine wins, two losses, and zero back, so they're the highest-scoring team. Then we have the Sons of God in second on nine and two as well. They're ten and a half points back. Ashley Convicts are in third, eight and three, 70.5 back, so there's a little bit of a gap there. Um, considering the Convicts were a couple of games clear at one point, they've certainly um, been sucked back in. Um, Mighty Adams, as you were just talking about, Steve, they're sitting in fourth, six wins, five losses, um, 111 points back. Damn, now we've got a draw. Then we've got the Macavanian Marvels with five wins, five losses, one draw, 144, oh, sorry, 141.5 back. Then we've got the Coat Hangers in sixth, five, five, and one. Brawlers, as we are just talking about, Steve, have gone from the, almost the pinnacle now they're looking at seventh, four and seven, just ahead of the major warriors on four and seven in eighth. Then we have the Farmtons in ninth on three and eight, and then the Thylacines in tenth on one and ten. Yeah, brutal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I get to the bottom of that letter, I'm like, man, Parsons went on one game all year. Yeah, and that was in round two. That makes it a very, very long year. Hey, it's a little bit like, hey, if you're only going to win one game all year, Zach, who do you want to beat? Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they do play again later on. They could ruin his finals chances. Right. I still, Zach still likes to remind Tyler that the there's only Tyler's only ever beaten him once, and that was, I think, almost the last round of last year, which enabled the Adams to steal a top three spot, you know. That's the only time, and it was and it was close. I think if you look back, so I think for whatever reason, Zach always there's something, some sort of sibling thing going on there. Zach just loves to beat Tyler and keep him in check, and you know. So we'll we'll see. 
could get could, be, could get critical towards the end of the year. I can imagine Adams pushing for that top three spot. Oh no, it's the bar. Pecking order there. <laughs> All right, let's jump across, mate, because we've had a, um, the Champions League the second, the second phase sort of kick off um, last week and of course this week. Um, and we also had Stanley Cup that we just need to go through as well. We'll start with the Champions League. So Champions League, we've already gone through the groups, but in terms of what's happened um, last week and this week, um, we've had, yeah, let's, I'll do it. Uh, Sons of God defeated the Coat Hangers. Um, Nexus defeated the Macapania Marbles. That was in round 10. Then we had the Sons of God def- um, going down to Nexus in a close game. And then the Coat Hangers... Um, and the Marvels are oh, having a draw in this one as well. So in terms of the points for and the, uh, how the ladder is looking in Group 1, Nexus are on top with eight points, negative 40 back, so they're not the highest-scoring team. Sons of God um, with the one win, four points, highest-scoring team, which could keep them in good stead to, just quietly, being having zero back. Um, the Coat Hangers um, and the Marvels both on two points, and in terms of their back, they're 74 and 91 back. But that draw for those two is always going to keep them, if they if they win a couple more and just keep in touch with the, the Sons of God, it could make things interesting as we get to the back end. Yeah, in this, in this circumstance, the draw is not necessarily bad for either of them, given that their points no. are so terrible. So, so um, uh, and the Sons of God, obviously, man, it's tough for them getting 178 this week, but coming down to Nexus when they would have beaten Nexus by like almost 50 points last week. Um, uh, the schedule's cruel sometimes, but the Sons of God, at the moment, you'd think Nexus and the Sons of God are looking head and shoulders above the hangers and the marbles. I mean, that's just, we, we can see that in the Premier League table we see it here so it's all about can the code hangers or the marvel steal a spot and it looks more likely to be the sons of god at the moment although you know i guess stuff can happen sons of god could beat nexus next time and given their points for maybe sons of god's not the target but but yeah both um both the marvels and the code hangers this week will be desperate to try and upset the apple cart and pull a win off one of those top two because yeah that will make things interesting yeah yeah that will all right, group two, um, we had Natasa up against um, the Wildcards, and Natasa won there. Titans up against the Brawlers, Brawlers won there. Um, then we had the was it Natasa up against the Titans, Natasa won there. And then we had the Wildcards up against the Brawlers, and the Wildcards won there. So in terms of how things are looking, Natasa's on top, eight points, high scoring team, so zero back. Then we have Brawlers in second, on four points, 53 back. Wildcards cards with four points, sixty-five back, and the Titans four points, zero points, forty-four point five back. So the back scores are actually quite similar, but uh, obviously the Titans are well surely behind the eight ball right now, um, with no no points next to their name. Yeah, huge game for the Titans this week against the Wild Cards because obviously, as you just pointed out, mate, the Titans are actually the second highest scoring team in the group but they're the one that hasn't managed to come up with the win yet. So if the Titans can beat the Wildcards this week, and we'll assume that Natas will probably handle the um, struggling brawlers, then the Titans are going to jump straight from fourth to second. And then it really will be on. So we'll have three one and two teams heading into the onto the, well, the back nine, so to speak. But, um, but man, a Titans loss to the Wildcards this week would, you know, it's pretty tough to come back from 0-3 in any yep. Champions League group. So... But uh, no, it's still still very much on there, and that'll be a massive game between Wildcards and Titans this week. That it will, yeah, it certainly will. Alrighty, uh, Standard Cup, Standard Cup, mate. We had the qualifying rounds, um, so not everyone, of course, was playing. Um, a couple of the teams obviously get buys straight through if they get um, knocked out and not in any competitions. But the we had four games there. We had the Mighty Adams up against the Dozers, and the winner of this team, will, this game, will go on and play the Dingoes, and that was the Mighty Adams. So we've got um, Mighty Adams and Dingoes into the quarterfinals. Then we had the Blue Flames up against the Scorpions, and they would play the Ashy Convicts, and the Blue Flames got up. Blue Flames versus Convicts quarterfinal. Some some big names, uh, you know, kicking around. Like when when you look at after just looking at you know that collection of you know the the brawlers and the wild cards and the 
uh, Titans and the Marvels and the Code Hangers in the Champions League phase two, and you're like, oh, half of these teams might not even make the finals. And then you come to the Standard Cup and you're like, whoa, Blue Flames, Convicts, Adams, Heroes, Bucks. <laughs> it's like, damn, there's almost more, uh, almost more uh, teams. The final eight of the Standard almost could match it with the final eight of the uh, Champions League, which seems really wrong, um, yeah. apart from maybe, you know, Sons of God, Nexus, and the Tass. But, uh, but yeah, otherwise, man, some, this is going to be a tough standard cup to win, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, the bottom half, we had the Warriors have gone straight through. Sorry, the Warriors, the Heroes have gone straight through. Um, and it was the Chargers versus the Phantoms to play the Heroes, and the Phantoms got up there. And then in the final game, we have the Warriors versus the Bucks, and they would play the Thylacines, and the Bucks got up there. So it's Bucks versus Thylacines. And uh, so all those games happen in a couple of weeks' time, right smack yep. in the middle of the bye. Yeah, right in the middle of the ba- <laughs> bye week. Yeah, <laughs> which will make things interesting. All righty. Speaking of bye week, mate. Let's put off the inevitable. We've put off the inevitable long enough. Let's jump across and have a look at the current round, which is going to span two weeks. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, the first game we'll start with the Super League, uh, just because I've got that open left because that was the last one we spoke about. It was the first game we've got is the Adams versus the Brawlers. This is a must-win for both teams. Well, I, I I don't know about the. I feel like the brawlers are pretty much toast at the moment because I mean, I mean, just think about it this way: the Adams are like they're two wins and points four ahead of the brawlers right now. So, I yep. guess the brawlers still harbour some sort of hope of like a great resurrection. And I guess the Adams are certainly they're they're not a team that you necessarily have to be super scared of because they they haven't been the most consistent team this year. The Adams, um, but. I mean, this this has got to be bread and butter for the Adams if they're going to have any hope of challenging that for that top three spot. Yep. Um, which, mm, yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's a bit of a long show for them, but uh, but the, the Brawlers could definitely make life a bit awkward for the Adams if they were to suddenly pop up and end their abysmal losing streak. But I, I'm going to back the Adams. Yeah, I'll back the Adams as uh, next game is the Convicts versus the Warriors. Convicts to go get another win and really go behind the Warriors down the bottom of that ladder, but also really submit the Convicts in that top five. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that the Warriors are actually starting to show a bit of form lately, and I think the Convicts have got some Warriors. This is a major danger game for the Convicts because you've got to remember, Convicts lost three in a row yep. up until this week, and their performance this week, I mean, they beat the Thylacines. Whoop de doo, like, and it was a you know they scored 140. Um, this is a they again in the kind of the opposite of what we just talked about, but like the convicts really need this win over the major warriors to cement that top three spot because this is the sort of danger game they could drop in their current with their current form and injury concerns. And the warriors they're not quite the basket case that the brawlers are at the moment. I know they both got the same record, but the warriors have actually. You know, won some games lately, unlike the Brawlers. So uh, this this is a the convicts really need to find some form and do it soon because if uh, if they start coughing up games like this, that top three spot's going to evaporate real quick. Yep, yep. Who are you tipping? I'm going the convicts. Uh, man, I'm, I'm going to go the Warriors. Ooh, I feel like okay. the form of the convicts has been. Really dodgy. I hope the convicts yep. turn it around, but the form has just been ordinary for the last month. Yep. So I'm worried. Yep, fair call. The next game is the Marvels versus the Thylacines. Marvels too strong. Yep, Thylacines are extinct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, next game is the Phantoms up against Nexus. Yeah, this is not well, man. I mean, Thomas will love this game because he's got nothing to lose, but it's it's definitely it's. I guess there is technically a game, and he probably actually will lose it. So that is probably something to lose. But but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, it doesn't. This doesn't feel like like if there was any kind of faint flickering hope that the Panthers might be able to get you know get some wins together and maybe still make some kind of finals push. This will probably be the end of it. Yeah. Nexus for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think the what, coat hangers sons of God? Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. I was updating a uh, patch for the, uh, the title of the file, so I think I rexed it. And you knew it as soon as you said it. Um, the coat hangers versus sons of God is the next one. Yeah, you'd think sons this. It should be the sons of God. This should be the sons of God are in the sort of form. And the coat hangers, man, I, I, I applaud the coat hangers. They seem to be able to find wins and draws even this week from nowhere. They they don't really, like in the power ladder shows, they shouldn't be anywhere near finals. And yet somehow they're really only out of the five at the moment on points four, which is damn impressive. If they're going to throw up a random win, this would be the sort of one to really make everyone go, whoa, what the, but you'd think, you'd think the way the, uh, the um, schedule looks this week, we, we should see the top five all win and make sure that we're all really clear on who the top five are. And and it's it's up to the likes of the Code Hangers, the Phantoms, the Thylacines, Major Warriors or Brawlers to, uh, you know, to buck the trend at the moment. Because the trend is the top five looks pretty set, I think. And uh, so I'm challenging the bottom five. Come on, let's let's see something. Show us something different here because right now it feels like it's all going one way. Yep. All righty. Um, oh, that's it. Okay. Original League. Ooh, first game is the Heroes versus the Chargers. I'm tipping Chargers, but there's no way I'm going to win. <laughs> Heroes hate losing, and they just lost in a really difficult fashion. So, yeah, I'm afraid. I feel like the Heroes are going to just open up a can on the Chargers this week. But Yep. Sorry, buddy. I, hey, I'd like lo- I'd love to see the Chargers pull this one off. Um, and you should. Are you going to get Redmond and Lemons back this week? At least that'd be something. Um, Lemons was off with the uh, health and safety protocols. But he should be back then. Should be back. But did Redmond Red- one or two games? I can't even remember. He only got one, so he should be back. Oh, cool. So you'll get your you'll get your brigade back, maybe, maybe. Yep. You a pretty Question good. Question is, do I do I have my my back in the midfield? This is the, these are the, the questions on our cards for so. Yeah, true. Uh, well, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully it'll come straight back in. Um, for both teams. Um, Goldcoast and for, for Fairson. Um, so, yeah, of course, I'm going to tip the Chargers, but the Heroes are going to win that. And you guys said the Heroes are going to win. Uh, next game is the Wildcards versus the Dozers. Wildcards should be way too strong. Yeah, you think so? Like, this, this is a weird one in the sense that I'm like, I feel like this, this is no comparison here. Wildcards should be should smash the dozers, but the reality is the wild cards are six and five. The dozers are five and six. If the dozers could actually pull this off, they'd have the same record as the wild cards. Now that's, that's sad. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's it probably has something to do with the fact that the dozers have played the dingoes one more time in the wild cards at the moment, which skews things a little bit. Um, you know. But um whereas the wild cards have had to play the blue flames twice. But but uh but it does mean that somehow the dozers do have some sort of weird explosion this week then but I mean, we are talking about a team that's you know, ninth in the points for in terms of the dozers, but somehow they're five and six. Um, but yes, I'll, I'll be. I think the wild cards are actually playing pretty well, so I think yep. the wild cards should have no problem with the dozers. Thanks, yep. Tobias. Mighty Bucks versus the Blue Flames is the next one. This is going to be. This is game of the week. It's got to be game of the week. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it has because the Bucks they've won two in a row now. The Blue Flames. Are still playing pretty damn well, but we know they're they're a bit fragile and they certainly they've got their injuries. So, dare I say, I think the Bucks are going to win this week. I think the Bucks might do it as well. No, which is weird, isn't it? This is a team that yeah. was seven, seven two weeks ago against. The, I don't know why, but it just you just get that feeling like they're just gonna they're gonna start coming. And man, if they can knock off a team like the Blue Flames, I can tell you right now, the Titans and the Wilds are going. What are you doing, Ben Grippers? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I think the Bucks are just starting to build a little bit of momentum. And uh, I feel like you know the Blue Flames are. I mean, they're they're only a win in points four in that top three, but uh, yep. Yeah, the blue the blue flames would love to just squish the bucks and have one less thing to worry about. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I think the bucks are starting to come. Yep. Oh, this would have been the win. Natasha versus the Titans. Natasha would be too strong. This is yeah, and this is where, especially with the injuries the Titans have at the moment, you think Natasha will easily account for the Titans, and this is where the Titans are going to be really 
that this is where they're going to start to look like the the team that the Bucks are going to be targeting in terms of their spot to take. It's going to happen yep. quickly here, and that's well, you can see already. Like if the Titans lose this week to the Tass, which you'd be pretty sure they win, and the Bucks can pull off their win, then suddenly guess what? Bucks are one win behind the Titans, and they got all the points for in the world ahead of them. So you know straight away then. Yeah. Yeah, Titans are really under the pump here. I mean, the you know the wild cards probably going to lose as well, um, but or well, sorry, I don't think well, I mean, they're not going to lose. They'll probably beat the doses. but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's the Titans need to start finding something. Man, it'd be impressive. We 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 know that the tasks are beatable, but man, the Titans they just don't feel like they're in the right place to be that team to challenge them at the moment. So, yep. it's tough. Uh, tough. Tough matchup to have to face this week for sure. Yep. Uh, and of course, the last one: Surrey Scorpions versus the Dingoes. Yeah, well, I have no faith in my team's ability to win anything at the moment, and it's sad because these are the two teams almost seem like they're certain to be um, the bottom two. Yep. You think if if the Dingoes beat the Scorpions this week somehow, um, then I guess maybe. The Dingoes still have might have a faint hope. They've got a the Dingoes have got to actually start scoring some points. Like ultimately, it seems like it's a three-way battle between Dozers, Dingoes, and um, Scorpions for Champions League. And the the Dozers have got five wins, which means I don't know how either the Scorpions or the Dingoes are going to catch them. I guess if the Scorpions can beat the Dingoes this week, then they're obviously right back in the mix for that avoiding uh, not making Champions League. But um, so really, the Scorpions. This is their match. This is probably more important to the Scorpions because they they probably can overtake the Dozers. The, the Dingoes win this week is probably just messing them both up. So, yep, sad, sad but true. But uh, it's been a long, it's been a long time for the Dingoes. Um, you feel like we're going to get Bailey Smith back this week. We're going to get Nick Blakey back this week. Um, we might even get Taranto back this week. So there's a lot of potential ins for the Dingoes. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I can't tip myself anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, as we alluded to, um, it's the bye week. Um, so, of course, not all of our players are going to be playing this week. Well, they might, depending on if you're, how you've drafted, of course. Um, so, this time, as we said, this time next week, we're not going to have the final scores for round um, 12 of the AFR. Um, but then we will be kicking off round 13. So what you'll see when you start submitting your score, your teams, is down the very bottom, there'll be a comment section um, or there'll be a, a radio button or something like that to say which round it's going to be for. It's going to be down the bottom. It has to be down the bottom because it's going to add a separate column into the um, into the submit. And I've already written the, the program to say look for key forward in like A1 or something like that. So it has to be at the very bottom. So please scroll down the very bottom and you'll see a radio button, which I'll mark mandatory, where you choose when you're making changes. Is this, is this for round 12 AFR or round 13 AFR? Um, for round 13 teams, I'm going to have to go in and manually update them, um, purely because of the way that the program is written is to pick up the last submitted um, teams. So you could be, of course, making changes to your round 12 team and also submitting your round 13 team. So there's going to be a little bit of mucking around. Um, and as I said at the start of the podcast, um, there won't be live scores during the buy rounds and stuff like like, like that. Um, um, but um, bear with me during the buy round, particularly yeah, um, next week. Once round 12 is over um, and it's just purely round 13, of course, then we'll go, it'll go back to how, how it is now because we'll only have one live round. But it's just when while we've got those two live rounds, things get a little bit uh, confusing, not only for you, but also for me as well because um, when I'm keep putting the scores in, I'm like, okay, so it's this ethanine game for which round is it for? Because they've just played two in a row, so it's actually yeah, it it gets a little bit confusing.
listening to Capitalist Talk. Awesome. See you, everybody.